Hey, what's up, podcast? This is Matt Shalava, and you're listening to the Road to Freedom Pod. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Matt Shalava. And it's Thursday. It's been a pretty solid week so far. At least, at least it's been it's been a good week. the The weather's gotten super nice, so I'm just happy that it's summertime. And just been trying to learn as much as I can. I've been doing a lot of reading and stuff, uh, trying to come up with different ways that. I can hopefully learn a little bit more about reselling and just running a business in general. And so that's been that's been really what my focus has been this week outside of trying to prep items and trying to keep myself focused. Last night and yesterday was kind of a rough day just because I really didn't get nearly as much done as I wanted to. And that's something that I'm trying to work on all the time. So hopefully pushing myself and, and making a little bit more of a broken down schedule will kind of alleviate some of that stuff. But it's a little bit later today. I had to stay uh, a little bit later for work. I was working on some stuff with one of the IT guys, so it was pretty cool to learn a little bit more about that, and I was able to ask him some questions about uh, reselling-related stuff, about automation and things like that, and just basic questions that I could get a little bit more info on and get it from somebody who I know understands exactly what I'm talking about. So that was good. I was happy to hear that, and you can always learn things, so that's what I'm always trying to do is at least pick something out that can be beneficial to me that I can at least remember and kind of lock away from any different experience. So it was good to be able to learn some of that, and I like learning about tech stuff because you never know when it could help you down the road. So it was it was super insightful. I was pumped about that just to learn a little bit about it, and now I'm just on my way home and figured I'd throw out a podcast so that hopefully I could bring you guys a little bit of extra value. But Today really has been slow eBay-wise, which is just weird. I mean, I've been selling a lot on eBay recently, and I believe that a lot of it this week is due to me just not listing as much. I've been working on other things with different parts of social media stuff that I've been looking at, and things with eBay, and doing a lot more research and stuff like that. And so when I'm doing that, I'm not listing nearly as much, and it seems... It seems that for myself, I generally get away from listing when I'm doing that because I just don't have as much time as I used to. And so when I start, when I'm not listing as much, I'm not getting as much traffic dripping to my store, and I'm not making as much sales. So I actually didn't make any sales today, which kind of sucks. And on top of that, I got a return for a pretty pricey item that I bought, and. It was like, I think the buy cost on it was like 79, 80 bucks. And I sold it for 350 bucks. And I just got, like, I came in from lunch and I looked at my email and I got the notification that the return was approved. And so that, I put a post out on Instagram probably about a little bit before this. And that adds up to the pending returns that I have being around 1200 bucks, which is crazy to me. I mean, first off, I never thought I'd even have returns that could be making that that would be that much and second off the fact that I have $1,200 coming back of returns and I still have like a business that I can run and it didn't just completely sink me is is really really cool but also that sucks I'm gonna lose a lot of money on that um, or potential money fortunately a lot of the stuff that I bought the buy cost wasn't super high it wasn't like I was buying a $300 item and making 50 bucks on it so it's unfortunate in that and a lot of it's returnable still so if they if they send it back or something I could return it 
or I, I offered free returns and as a top rated seller, if somebody damages an item or makes it worth less money, then I can give them a partial refund instead of a full refund, depending on how much they lowered the value of the item. So there's a whole lot of things I can do for it, but trying not to get caught up on it and caught up in that sort of a thing is, is something that I'm trying to work on and make sure that I don't do. I mean, it sucks. You really don't want to get a lot of returns. You don't, especially that much money. I've never had, never really had to think about that being a thing, but I mean, they're not all things that I've gotten this week, but it's been building up and people haven't sent back their items. It makes you wonder. I mean, I hear these stories all the time of people returning items and they send them back used. And since eBay is giving people six weeks to return things, if for whatever reason these people know about that, technically they could rent your item for six weeks. I don't, I mean, I hope people aren't doing that. I don't know if people are or not. Some of the things that I've gotten, like the one item I sold without a battery, it said in the title, no battery. And then the reason they used for the return was, seems like there's parts missing. I couldn't turn it on. And I'm like, well, no kidding. It doesn't have a battery. Like, what do you expect to happen when you turn it on? So um, I don't know if it's negligence. I just don't know if people realize the prices are dropping on items now and they can get better pricing on them or they don't need them anymore. Whatever the case may be, um, you know, getting those returns back and trying to resell them is definitely a bit of a struggle, but it's all part of the business. And that's something that I keep telling myself and keep focusing on. I mean, there are times where I get completely screwed on things or, or things don't go the way that I plan. And that happens to everybody. I mean, you can think of a time where you've had to deal with something that you don't want to deal with. And when it comes to business, I always think, well, what would I be doing if I, like, I don't have to be doing this right now. I could just quit but what good would that do me? And so, yeah, if I wasn't running a business, I wouldn't have to deal with that much in returns on eBay. I wouldn't have to deal with somebody returning a $300 item um, and, and me losing out on that profit. Then again, I wouldn't make anything. So it really breaks down to the cost of doing business and understanding that if you if you want to offer good customer service, you have to actually offer it. And, and a lot of people, it's very easy to say, well, I believe that they should do this. I believe they should do this. Um, Walmart should always take returns. Kohl's, Kohl's has a great return policy. I'm pretty sure they'll take anything back as long as you have a receipt or can conceivably prove that you bought it at their store. But um, Amazon, people people feel like whenever they get chipped on Amazon, you know, they would rag on Amazon. They put it up on social media. They would completely bash the platform. And it's like, if those people go to sell on eBay and they get a return, they're like pissed and I get it. I mean, I don't want to ever get a return and I get aggravated when I get returns too. But if you're going to expect good customer service you and you expect to, to deliver it, you actually have to deliver it. And that's one of the hardest things because good customer service comes in the fact that you're treating the customers like anybody would, like a good retail store would. And so when you have these 90 day return policies on Walmart, I mean, you don't really get any better than that. And they recognize that people take advantage of it. I mean, I use it all the time to my advantage. I buy items that I'll let sit and try and sell. And if they don't sell by day 89, I take it back. And that's obviously not good for some stores because now they're losing money on items. Now they, they had it sold at full price and now maybe it's not worth that much, but that's the way things go. And that's how, that's how we play the game. And so you know, the items that I'm selling on eBay always sell higher on Amazon. So it could just be people buying them to sell on Amazon. They don't sell, they send them back. So it all, it goes in a big circle. But the important thing is to really recognize that you're not 
completely, you're, you're not going to be getting these returns if you didn't have a business to start with. And so it is a cost of doing business. It's hard to deal with, I know, but at the end of the day, you have to kind of put yourself out there and realize that returns and, and these sorts of things, just they just come with what we do. And so if you have a lot of returns coming your way, typically I find that if I feel like I'm getting just so many returns, it's just a short-term kind of thing. I mean, the stuff I'm selling isn't stuff that really should have any problems. It's all new items. It's all stuff I bought, retail arbitrage, online arbitrage. I mean, I'm buying these items brand new. The boxes are coming in. They look pretty good. And people are saying this has uh, a tear or a hole here or this was cracked and this was, you know, whatever. And it's like, well, that shouldn't be the case. But then again, manufacturers screw up things all the time. I mean, I work for a manufacturing company where we make uh, different products that, that serve a whole ton of different industries. But when you screw something up, I mean, it's very easy to screw something up. You just have somebody forgetfully do something. And and somebody, instead of putting product A in the mixture, puts product B in there and they're not paying attention or maybe they forgot or some other guy switched it. You never know. And so, yeah, I mean, it's very easy to screw something up. And I would highly doubt that everything that's out there is is coming out 110% accurate. You know, it, it would it would really, really... It would really make me amazed that every product a company puts out doesn't have a defect. You know, it it would be it would be almost unfathomable. So that sort of a thing is something to kind of realize that when you're doing retail arbitrage, when you're doing online arbitrage, and it's something that I've realized a lot more. Some of these items do come in defective. I mean, you'll get people that just want to cheat the system, but for the most part, if you're getting somebody that says the item's defective, it probably is. And the good thing about it is that I've sold so many of the same item that if one person says it's defective, I kind of feel like it may be. I mean, I, a couple items, I'll find out that maybe it seems like that type of item comes out just being more defective than others. Uh, depends on what it's made out of and stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it is part of what we do and it's hard to kind of stomach. And so if you're dealing with a lot of returns, I mean, the only thing I could say is you can't really do a whole lot about it. I mean, people get on on other people. I, I made a post about free returns and like three people commented and said, well, I don't do free returns because of this. And I'm, the problem with that is it doesn't matter. Nobody cares if you do free returns. They're still going to return the item. All they have to do is say it's defective and you can't do anything about it. And that's hard, but you kind of are trusting that most people aren't going to do that. Um, but I realized that the people that want to get the return through are going to get it through either way. So I'm going to just offer free returns because the people that want to return the item bad enough are going to return it regardless of whether I offer them or not. And the people that don't want to return the item aren't going to return it. They're more apt to buy it. That's just, that's just what, that's true. I mean, that's why so many stores offer returns and free returns it's because more people feel more comfortable buying when they know that there's less risk involved. So that is like my little spiel on returns. I I hate them as much as the next guy, but at the same time, there's not really a ton you can do about them other than maybe inspect your items a little better. But if you're selling new items, then it's really up to the manufacturer. And so maybe try and keep tabs on that a little bit, but outside of that, it's just part of business. Now, the other thing that's been going on this week that has 
it would be fine. Like the whole week would be perfectly fine, except that all the Nike releases keep getting delayed. And I get it. There's a lot going on in the world and stuff. But like, if there's one thing that kind of pulls everybody together, maybe not everybody, but people that are sneakerheads or people that go for sneakers and like to resell them, if there's one thing that like makes you happy and you can relate to somebody else with, it's sneakers. It's going for sneakers on on the sneakers app on Nike. It's going for sneakers on Easy Supply and on Adidas.com. It's it's just fun, and I get pumped whenever there's a good sneaker release, and I get excited to go and enter the raffles. I get excited to try and buy them on different accounts, and it's just fun. And when you get a when you actually hit on sneakers, it's like one of the greatest feelings because you know that it's not really that easy to do, and so for me it's been kind of a pain because i've been waiting on the space hippie collection which is a collection of sneakers i think there's four different silhouettes in it and nike is doing basically i haven't looked too much into the story if i'm guessing it's probably tied a little bit to um i don't know what it's tied to i mean we just had the spacex launch but i'll have to look a little bit more into that and see exactly why they're doing it but it's basically uh, a recycled shoe box that they are they're just sending like it's all recycled materials on the shoe box I think the shoes are made out of regular materials but the shoe box itself is like all recycled and they're literally just they're not double boxing it or anything they don't want to waste any materials so they're taking the shoe box it's super um, it's like super what's the word like it, it just doesn't have a lot to it and so it's it's basic they're just going to slap a label on it and send it out. And so StockX actually pulled the actual shoe. They pulled all the shoes from their listings because they can't sell shoes that have had labels put on them. I mean, what's going to happen is you're going to get your box. It's going to be completely banged up. And like, I get it. Like people want recycling and they want it to be more of a, a kind of a greener process when they're sending out shoes or any products. And I agree. I mean, it's awesome to keep things as clean as possible, but when you're selling sneakers to collectors, they're not going to be happy when their box shows up and it looks like it's been thrown under a bus and ran over four times because like FedEx delivered it like that. And it's that's what double boxing, like that's a tip. If you're going to ship sneakers, don't ever slap the label on the actual sneaker box. Like whatever you do, don't do that. Don't wrap it in paper. Find a box, find some cardboard and find whatever you can and make sure that thing is protected because people, there's nothing that peeves people off more than when they get a sneaker box that looks like it's been kicked in. And it's frustrating because I get sneakers all the time from Nike that come in a box. The box is like super big and compared to what the actual sneaker box was, it wasn't nearly a perfect fit so that it didn't move around a lot. And so if you drop it or something, the box on the inside that holds the sneakers is gonna get all banged up. And so, yeah, if you're sending out sneakers to StockX or GOAT, or eBay or whatever, and somebody asks you, hey, double box this, first off, you should always be double boxing because it keeps the sneaker box intact. But double boxing just means put the sneakers in their sneaker box that you get with them and then put that box in another box so it doesn't get banged up. That's all double boxing is. And I didn't know that at first. I got a little bit confused the first time I sold a pair of Nike sneakers and somebody said, hey, would you double box these? I, I thought they wanted them in like three boxes. like two extra boxes on the outside. I didn't realize that just meant put the sneaker box in a box. But yeah, that's what double boxing is. But it, it's kind of a pain because now all these people that want to sell them, like Nike's not catering to the resellers, but like that's a large part of their market. And the people that are resellers oftentimes become sneakerheads because they find what they like. And now you're just kind of 
throwing them uh, throwing them aside and going, well, we're not gonna we're not gonna make these shoes that have a kind of a dead stock appeal. Like the pair of shoes that ends up with a really nice box, that person's gonna be in for a treat because those are probably gonna sell for a little bit more just because it's gonna be one of the only boxes that doesn't look like it got banged up or ripped apart when they had to take the label off of it. So that was a that was disappointing to find out. Um, I get the idea behind it. I love the idea. I mean, that's cool. Um, just disappointing from a collector slash flipper side, not from a, like an environmental side. I totally get that. But yeah, that was disappointing. And they've been getting delayed. I think they're coming out to July 3rd now. They were originally supposed to come out this week. So and I think they were supposed to come out like maybe last week. And they got delayed this week. And now they're delayed till July. And then the same thing happened with the uh, red and white dunks that are coming out. Those got delayed to July 1st. And there may have been a couple other pairs of shoes that got delayed as well. Uh, yeah, the hairs, the Jordan 6 hairs got delayed too, which are like, I think they have Bugs Bunny kind of dunking instead of Jordan on the front. I don't know. I didn't look at those too much because like Jordan releases do well. And that's something I've started to realize. If you go look at the court purples or you look at the Royal Toes that just came out, they're going to do really well. And I didn't realize that. I didn't even go for the shoes, which was so dumb. But those shoes are going to appreciate in value. So you can treat shoes like stocks if you want to. You can go buy them. And that's what a lot of these people that do bots will do. They'll either cash in all their Yeezys, all of their Jordan 1s that they get on uh, like foot sites and stuff like that, or, or they'll hold them for a year or maybe a little bit less time and they'll cash in and make like a huge profit on these shoes because once the hype dies down, shoes lose value. But then after they stop losing value, hits a point where the undercutters on a shoe sell out and then the people that are left holding that shoe that are wanting to resell it, keep their prices high and that's the new price of the shoe. That's how supply and demand works. And so that is something that I'm definitely going to be doing a lot more trying to invest in shoes. I mean, stock market's been crazy right now a lot of people are investing in stocks it's been it's been honestly a wild time but shoes are another way to invest and so if you're looking for something fun to dabble in maybe you invest in stocks maybe you have your uh, retirement fund you know set where you want it but you're just looking for something fun to do go invest in some sneakers and this is just something that i'm kind of predicting this year's been the year of the dunk, and I'm looking on Instagram. I'm seeing a lot of Air Force Ones, like a lot of really high-end collabs planned for 2021. Like Drake is supposed to release an Air Force One. Um, there were, I think, maybe even like the red and white Air Force Ones that Off-White was supposed to do. I think those are supposed to come out either this summer, but if not, I heard that they were supposed to come out in 2021. Like when they do a lot of these high-end collabs, that's usually a sign that they're going to be doing a lot of that shoe, at least from what I've seen in my limited experience. I mean, I may be completely off on this, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Air Force One was like Nike's shoe next year. They did a lot of really cool collabs with those. So I'm going to be be looking at that and seeing because this year they've done a ton of dunks and the dunks have just gone crazy in value. All of them as a whole have gotten a lot more hype just because so many people like the look now because they've kind of become more popular. And it wouldn't surprise me if Air Force Ones did that a little bit next year as well. Plus the fact that they're a really clean shoe. They just look good. They look like something I would, they look like a shoe that I would want to wear. And, you know, take out the actual sole and put like a an Adidas Ultra Boost sole in there. You're going to have one heck of a comfortable shoe. So that's something that I'm looking at. I'm going to be looking and seeing what's going on with those and hopefully trying to predict a little bit as to what shoes will go up in value so that I can 
invest a little bit of money in those and have something that will appreciate in value rather than depreciate as the hype goes down. So that's what my goal is. That's really what I'm going to be doing. I just got home, so I'm going to get to work for the night, but hopefully that gave you guys a bit of a bit of an insight as to what I've been up to and and what I'm trying to do for this upcoming week and hopefully gave you a little bit of advice with returns. So with that being said, I'll let you guys go. I will get with you tomorrow with another podcast. Have a good one. Peace.